that was getting a little long, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the same old song and dance by um, by Derek Dove and the Peacekeepers, and we appreciate him letting us use his music. Uh, so if y'all get to see him live, please go check him out. Welcome to the podcast, y'all. This is Alpha and Omega Leadership, AO Leadership, and um, it is our faithful attempt to talk about um, leadership not just church leadership, but um, really just leadership for all of God's people as God is sending us out in the world to do um, well to do hard things, I think, for the kingdom. So um, I'm pleased to have one of my best friends here today, Emily Wilhide, pastor of um, Incarnation Lutheran Church at uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, and welcome. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. We uh, we were starting to have a whole conversation about what we were going to be talking about, and we said, we got to stop. we got to hit record and start this thing because it was getting too good. Um, so thanks for being here. Um, well, how are you, by the way? I am great. Good. Good. Yeah. What's new in your life? Um, well, let's see. My husband is getting ready to retire. Yes. Yeah. Finally. Finally. So 20 years in the Air Force, and we are getting ready to say peace out, and it's been real. Nice. Um, so we are very much looking forward to that. Absolutely. But kids are doing well. New church has gone pretty well. That's good. Um, yeah, it's it's good. We should probably say um, new church for about a year now almost. July, yeah. So it's, 10 months. How is that? That it's is crazy. Been, it's, been cra- it's been great, um, but it's been strange. I said the other day um, to one of my council members, I've been here 10 months and I still have no idea what normal ministry looks like yeah, incarnation right, leader right, church right because, obviously because of covid right since yeah. we've started it's just been a scramble just to make it as normal as possible that's right and we should say that uh before you took this call you were here at mount Tabor uh with us for what right at four years i think, I think it was wasn't it four and a half was it four and a half Frankly, again I've time, lost track. time, time flew. yes right <laughs> um it's it's better to say that it was shorter like god it felt shorter than it's That's like right. god, god you were so here. like decades yeah right <laughs> you were here so long god. um well again you've been there for 10 months um you're uh you're, you're in the position of senior pastor there but um you're kind of starting to build a staff up or you you have your staff in place there so we have our staff in place yeah yeah so they they were uh, mostly there there's been a few transitions since i've been there um but they're mostly in place and so this Good. has just been a just an effort to sort of figure out how how to do church yeah during COVID. yeah jump in the deep end and that's right yeah, start yeah. swimming so, so when i started there in july they were only meeting online they were they had a um a broadcasted worship service um from the previous pastor's mm-hmm. home i think um, and they were not meeting at all in person. Sure. And so one of our goals was to be able to start meeting at some, you know, in some level in person. And so we started outdoor parking lot worship. Yeah. And we're on Divine Street. And so. Um, some traffic. We had a little yeah. traffic. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really great. It was, we had a big spreading oak tree over the parking lot. So there was good shade and we had um, speakers set up so everyone could hear. And uh, it was just great to be back together again. Did you have the whole church kind of flock back in at one time or no so we averaged probably a quarter of what they would get on a sunday so and we you know of course we were masked up and um, spaced out from each other distanced Um, but i think folks were just so relieved to be able to do something that was approaching normal yeah sure they just appreciated it and of course we continued live streaming it so that's not something they were doing um, very much of when we got there Uh, so we worked some magic and and sure we were live streaming that as well so we had probably another quarter of the congregation was participating on the live stream as well yeah so what what's been the process since y'all started back outside of you are y'all back in now or we are back in yeah Yeah. we went back in in october we were inside for about two and a half months and then if you remember there was that massive surge of cases here in south carolina and so we went back strictly online 
uh, for a little while and then uh, managed to come back together just just a couple months ago. Sure. So. Sure. What are, what are some of the protocols or guidelines or things that y'all are doing right now? Are you singing as a congregation? Are you, uh, what are y'all doing? So right now we, we are doing some limited singing with masks on. So worship is happening inside the church. We're opening all of our windows. We have these um, stained, beautiful stained glass windows, of course, like most Lutheran churches sure. do. And the bottom portion tilts in and opens. And so we open all the windows to encourage airflow. We ask our congregation to stay masked and we're singing mostly like at the beginning of the service and then like time for particles to die down. Filter out. (laughs) Let the spirit move the air out. (laughs) And then we have some singing towards the end of the service for the communion liturgy and the closing hymn. Good. How are y'all doing communion? What what does that look like? So we are using the little pods. Yeah. You know, the individual pods, which um, I'm not a fan of, but (laughs) given the choice between no communion and pod communion, we'll take pod communion. Yeah. So obviously we're doing kind of the same thing and uh, it's hysterical every Sunday to watch people struggle to get the (laughs) The little piece of bread out. Of the top layer before they dig into the grape juice underneath. Um, well, I I'm always worried they can hear me crunching that hard little wafer because <laughs> you know you're mic'd, you're up there. Crunch, 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 crunch. Right, <laughs> man. The body of Christ is very tough today. Firm today. Yeah. <laughs> Toned. Well, I, you know we're doing we're doing the same stuff. We've moved back inside. Um, I want to say September ish. We kind of started bringing a small small group back in, and then. Um, and kind of just eased on back in trying to shoot for Christmas was kind of one we wanted to just kind of cut the doors loose and um, at least letting full participation in, but spread out um, same stuff you just talked mm-hmm. about mask, obviously. And, uh, and that went really well. And then um, the congregation, we moved to three services. I'm not, I don't know if we've told you about that, but we've moved to three services and uh, um, that's given a lot more space for people to be. The congregation has responded accordingly. Um, we have not, we did not kind of shut back down during that surge. The congregation just responded to it. And mm-hmm. um, and so the congregation kind of died down a little bit of, of their attendance during that. And we've kept online and, uh, and kept pushing forward. So, so you know, just trying to figure out what are those next steps to keep keep moving back toward that normal normal stuff. We have opened uh, Sunday school up. We mm-hmm. we did get to a place where um, we felt pretty comfortable about the kids that wanted to be a part of Sunday school. So opening fifth grade and under, um, and and just trying to get to a place where where we felt like kids were kind of getting back used to coming into the building and kind of going through their process. But you know, they shocked me. Mm-hmm. They're they're so they're so adaptable. They really are. They're, yeah, they, uh, that. Population has kind of done the best with this. And it's fascinating to me that none of us really know what we're doing. I mean, they sure. don't train you for this. Right. So I, mean, I, no. I didn't have a class in no. pandemic. <laughs> I missed that class. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, and so we're all just figuring it out. And it's interesting to me to hear how all of these different churches, none of which are really talking to each other very sure. much, right. have kind of all come to the same, the same place as yep. far as what we can do and what we can't do. Um, but we're all just figuring it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This and that's kind of the reason for us sitting here talking today and hoping that anyone listening gets something out of this or at least maybe says, Well, their church is doing that, maybe we can move toward that direction either. Because churches aren't talking to each other. And um we're not I don't think we've had a lot of guidance um to say this is how it how we do this because nobody knows, right? right. I mean right. nobody has that class in pandemic ministry. Um and so we are all just trying to figure it out. Um, but to kind of put something out there to say, hey, this is this is a chance for us to 
to kind of share some ideas and, and I, I can tell you I, I get calls and I'm sure you do too I get calls every week saying have y'all done this yet are y'all doing this how has this worked um and it's it's I can't say everything's been perfect either we've we've tried things and we've said whoa that didn't work mm-hmm. or people didn't respond to that kind of well so we've made shifts to other things and so um um that's been the biggest thing I've been proud of our church for is is how much they've been able to just adapt mm-hmm. and and say okay we'll try this if it's not working we'll adjust and um yeah it's if, definitely taught us to be flexible yeah i mean really that was what of my yep. one of my um newsletter articles was how to hit a curveball right you know make an adjustment <laughs> wait back do something different you know um all these kind of things i and, would still miss the curve yeah well most of know. us do that's why we're sitting here and not playing ball in the big leagues so. um <laughs> but anyway i mean what are y'all's kind of next steps what are y'all looking for i mean even if you can't pull mm-hmm. it off quickly what are y'all looking for next so we're really starting to um, host more fellowship events yeah that are outside you know, ma- you know, usually we're masked up unless we're really far apart. Um, but we just hosted a fireside fellowship where the, the concept was, you know, several fire, what are they called? Fire tables. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fire pits. Um, and so that there was room to kind of gather around those, but still distanced. And since we had like three of them, four of them, whatever number we had out there, yeah. there was plenty of space for people to, you know, be able to approach the fire pit to toast their marshmallows. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course we had s'mores. Um, but also space to separate from other families. And so we're trying to find ways to gather our people together that is safe, but also where they get to actually see and interact with one another because we have just really missed that. Yeah. Um, I had a member the other day say to me, um, and she has not been able to be in worship much just because of health concerns. And she said, I just, I, I can't believe how much I miss those tiny little conversations that happen after church. And I said, no, I know what you mean. That's how we stay in touch with each That's other. Right. That's how we find out that so-and-so is in the hospital and so-and-so just had a baby. And th- those, are the, those are the tiny details that make up our lives together. And so we're just trying to create space for folks to come and do that. And we've had some mixed success. And I think that's, um, I think that's A, people are just not quite comfortable yet. Um, and I, I'm hoping that will change once our kids are able to be vaccinated. I know my family is just hanging on to that yeah, moment sure. where we can get our youngest two vaccinated. But I think a lot of our young families, and they've expressed that to us, you know, we really want to come back, but no, you don't have to say another thing. I totally understand. Yeah. Um, and so we're just kind of trying to create that space for people who are ready to be back and make it flexible enough that when our families start really coming back, we can just keep rolling with that. Are y'all seeing a, a pattern of growth though of, and I say growth, but of movement back into the yeah, church. like slowly increasing participation. Yeah. 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 So yeah, our next big thing is Oktoberfest because yes, that's, yeah. church, that's the thing they do is Oktoberfest and do it well and do it really, really well. And we had to completely cancel it last year. Obviously, you know, it didn't happen at all. Um, and this year we've kind of got a range of options on the table, everything from, you know, a drive through, pick up your stuff and go to a full fledged festival. And we have put off making that decision until we can sort of see how things are going to play out, but we're hoping to make that decision actually this month. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, to get our vendors and everything sure lined up because that's a that's a massive undertaking y'all do. It is. It takes the entire congregation and outside groups come in and sure. volunteer. Yeah, and so it's a it's a huge thing, um, but it's also such a great event. Well, and y'all have to book Martin Luther. To that's be right. There. We have to get Martin Luther. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have the best Martin Luther there is, as far as I know. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, there's a lot of avenues we could take there to just say, what does that take to pull off? But, um, but doing that in the midst of COVID, mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff, how do you make decisions for for months out in advance? Um, 
is absolutely the most difficult thing we have, I think, in front of us as, as leaders right now. Um, and I think fellowship is the thing that will bring the majority of people back. Um, worship, it, it, I think we've learned a lot about how worship patterns and how people are engaging their faith and, and those kind of things over the last year. Um, I know the pandemic has given us a real sense of this kind of pure evangelistic approach to ministry of saying this isn't about getting people in the pews because we we weren't here we don't want people in the pews. you're right you're right not at that point we didn't um you know and, and it really not not being able to 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 get donate buttons and things like that online very easily and quickly um it really wasn't about how do we monetize this or, or find ways to give offering or those kind of things it literally was how do we help put the word of God into people's hands and hearts and minds. Um, you were here when we started the, um, the online devotion kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it was, it was really because those first couple of weeks we were like, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you even do? Um, uh, you know, when we, when we heard um, that there was going to be kind of a complete shutdown, if you remember, we came in and recorded three, worship. three or four worship services. Oh I gosh. think it was two Lenten services and two Sunday I services. Think you might be right. Just to make sure we had I enough. Some of it yeah, out. right. <laughs> and so, and that was Sunday. We made that decision on Sunday to do on Monday morning. Yep. And um, that was a night of sermon writing. Oh I do remember it. Yes. <laughs> and, and trying to figure out how do you preach something two weeks in advance mm-hmm. um, to talk about, you know, to sound like you're talking about something current, and it was it was nuts. It really was. It, it was. I remember that well. And but I think one thing that has we really um, grown in, and I think every church, every church that I can think of has grown in this manner, is that ability to live stream. Yes. And that ability to broadcast worship, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. Um, churches have just really seen a tremendous growth in that area. I know Incarnation is now talking about putting in permanent equipment to be sure. able to do that, like quality cameras that aren't my cell phone and my husband's cell phone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, you know, even from just, even just from starting, we started with one phone yep. and with one shot and yep. you'd have to pan and so you'd get a little motion sick watching it. Well, then he figured out how to add a second phone. Sure. So now we have two angles and two shots. And um, we had figured out how to add still shots and um, announcements. And so we've all just gotten better at that. And yeah. my hope is that we don't drop that. Just the church broadly. I think we're going to keep doing it. But the church broadly, I think, needs to keep that capability. Yeah. Um, because it reaches a whole segment of the population that for some reason can't come to church. Yeah. Whether it is your homebound or someone who has lived you know, lives too far away, but still wants to be part of your community. Um, it's just such an important, I think it's just such an important part of what we're doing now. Well, and the idea that, I mean, those, there's a sense that there's this whole group of people who have, have had faith their whole entire lives, that they, they've grown up this way, and they're just finding a new way to plug into the church. But there's a whole group of people, and I think as Lutherans, we don't, we don't really explore this whole group of people that really just unchurched people. And, um, and you know, what do you do with these kind of people? Um, well, we're connecting into this. I mean, I see who's connecting onto Facebook and it's people that I've known my whole life that I know have never darkened the door of a church, um, who probably rarely have any kind of real faith conversations, um, with themselves or with others. And, uh, and they're, you know, they're plugging in. Um, after my dad passed away, I've kind of stepped back from the devotional stuff online every morning and evening and um, uh, just kind of needed that break for a while. And uh, I was walking – I was at a baseball game actually the other day, and this person walked up who I, I've known from way back but, like, 
hadn't seen in years. And he walked up to me and he said, you know, he said, hey, when are you going to start this back? He goes, I watched you every day. Yeah. I'm like, well, crap, now i got to do it. You know? <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, what a great thing that this person that, I, I mean, I rare, I mean, I barely knew kind of growing up um, outside of just friends at school kind of thing um, would come up and say such a thing and say, you know, this was my 10 minutes in the morning to kind of. I had coffee with you every yes, day. Where yeah. did you go? Yes, yeah. and 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 it was kind of something that helped set my day right, and and so I agree with you. I think there's some things that are here to stay, and some new ways of engaging faith that, that the church just has not, at least the Lutheran churches I'm aware of, has not really explored until now. And um, but I will say this for for the pastors: I think the pastors I know have been. Um, good learners mm-hmm. they're, they're just good learners so when you put something new in front of them they start digging into it and saying how do i learn how do i pull something out of that and that's the thing i've been proud of our church for mm-hmm. and not mount Tabor, but the whole the church, church. Yeah. um is that we've kind of adjusted and responded learned uh a whole set of new skills i mean gosh if you would told me to talk about sound or video uh <laughs> prior to this i'd you hit record. That's right. You, know? you press this button and the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. now, I mean, now we're talking about mics and condensers and all these mm-hmm. kind of things that, that, um, and, and so I, I agree with you. I hope it doesn't go away. I hope this is something that's here to stay. And, um, so I, I think all of this kind of starts surrounding our point today around just this idea of community and how community is going to be evolving because community already at the end, I say in, we're not at the end of this pandemic. We're just, kind of moving through it but um but it's already looking different than it did prior and to be honest with you i'm not sure i want to go back fully to what we were doing because we were kind of set and stayed sta- comfortable stale yep. maybe uh <laughs> if can i can say, say that? that yeah maybe <laughs> um you know so but but i think the large question is we don't have a clue what it's going to look like in the future exactly i mean i think we're starting to get some some sense of okay this this looks i can kind of see this but um our church is reading or our council is reading a um a book called canoeing the mountains and um it's an excellent book it, but i'll tell you the 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 theories behind it are just this idea and i mean this was written before pandemic but the theories it's still this idea of moving from where we once were to this new adventure and i mean we're kind of being thrown into this new adventure but it's new adventure and and saying that a lot of what we bring with us isn't going to work in the future, but there's a lot of things that we have that we will bring that that, that maybe some adapting, but will oh, help. Absolutely, will right. help All us the in experiences the that we've had up to now, um, we may not be able to translate them one to one, but you know we've we've learned how to be adaptable and flexible and yeah, um, try new things. And as you said, we learn fairly well. Sure, when forced to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I got to read another <laughs> and, book. That's right. Um, so all of those, I think, things we will take with us and um, just have to learn to do them in a new way. But frankly, I think that's great. I mean, I think we're not being called back to the same thing. We're being called back to something better. Yeah. Um, our community is expanding. Sure. And I think that's a fabulous, fabulous thing. So thinking about what we once were um, pre-COVID, thinking about those kind of experiences, what are some of those experiences that you think we we will definitely need to bring with us? I mean, community is one still establishing some form of community right oh well absolutely yeah, yeah. so you're saying what what do we have pre-covid that we want to keep yes yeah well, basically I think, yeah. yeah i think community and within the confines of community i think those basic ministries of the church of restoration and reconciliation um i think those clearly 
those come with us, right? Sure. That's that's what the church is about. And we do those best in community. That's just I always think about that story of the the paralyzed man on the mat. Yeah. Right. That's how I frame my my understanding of community. Yeah, his it's buddies a, brought him. His buddies brought him. Yeah. yeah. They didn't just bring him, they dug through the roof of Jesus' house and like <laughs> lowered him down. And we're here he is, do something, right? And so healing happens in the context of community. Yeah. And sometimes you need community for the healing to happen, right? It's not something you accomplish on your own. There's a whole community that surrounds you and cares for you as you're doing that hard work of healing. Yeah. Um, forgiveness happens in the context of community, right. right? Jesus looks at their faith and says, son, your, son, your, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just such a powerful, powerful thing. How does redemption happen in community? Can redemption happen a- apart from community? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just such a power, powerful parable, I think, for how we how we take out what's important and take it with us. You know, how do we identify what's really essential? Sure. Um, and that parable really lifts up some things that are truly essential. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, and and I don't know what you preached yesterday, but um, but the the vine and the branches stuff was yesterday. Um, and you know, I took I took a moment to, to say while. Yes, we're supposed to abide in the vine and, you know, the vine abides in us and these kind of things. All, all that's true. There's a lot of abiding. There, there is a lot of abiding. <laughs> you and me and me and you and us and us and, you know, whatever. But but a part of that parable for me is to remember that the branches are now connected through the vine. Mm-hmm. That we have, and when one hurts, when one is cut, when one's pruned back, if one's dying, we're all affected by that. We're all suffering. We're all hurting. We're all um and that, that that vine is what binds us together. Branches don't exist on their own. They exist abiding in this vine that we all are in. And um, and then it was a shameless invitation to come back to church. <laughs> you know, we need you here. But, but you know, trying to end that to say, say you should be here for this. Jesus is here. You should be here. We're, we're gathering together. Um, you should be here for that. And, um, and then trying to end with, with just basically saying kind of what you said earlier. When you're ready, though. We're ready. That's right. And uh, we continue to prepare that space. So um, so I think community is something that we, we definitely want to keep in some way. But, again, it's going to look very different. Community online mm-hmm. um, is a real thing. Um, it's There's not- nothing virtual about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for quoting one of my servers. There's nothing virtual about you. Uh, the double finger point. Yeah. That's what really sold it. Yeah. The two, the two guns. Pew, pew. Um, but – that is a real community. It's mm-hmm. not the same as it once was, and but I think there are some authentic parts to it. Oh, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's ways that we have connected over Zoom or Facebook or YouTube mm-hmm. or what have you to, that that has kept people. I mean, gosh, I, I am very thankful that at that point in time when we couldn't get in to see people that, that um, we had things like FaceTime mm-hmm. and um, – and and I know around here we've had several healthcare workers bring their own phones in and let their patients see their family members and stuff. So, um, I mean, that's a real thing. So so adapting to that kind of community is going to be a new thing for us. Um, I, I don't know about incarnation, but I, my assumption is all churches are dealing with how do you move money and resources from one place to something like this to to lift up that kind of community. So you're talking about putting in new cameras and new, all these kind of things. That's going to be really important for a lot of our people. I think so. It's going to be really expensive as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to, to raise funds for that, to, to put 
you know, two or three cameras in the space and some better quality mics. Right now we have stand mics that sort of stay, they sit in the corner of the sanctuary and um, we have to remind people not to hold conversations next to them after church. <laughs> Anything you say will be broadcast out to the world. And probably used to get you in the That's corner. right. So, um, and so some of that stuff is, um, if we want to keep doing this, we have to do this. But at the same time, I think we, we have to do this because this is where the church is moving. Right. Well, I mean, I think, it's never going to replace in-person church. Right. There is something ephemeral that happens when people gather together yep. in worship. It's participatory, right? And you can only get so much of that online. Um, but online is such a good supplement to in-person, yeah. right? You can't make it there on Sunday. That's okay. You tune in on Tuesday morning when you have half an hour of yeah. of quiet time where you yeah. need to spiritually recharge. Um, I think that's going to just continue to be such an important thing. Well, and it's accessible too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going from years and years ago when they taped services and sent cassette tapes out to people <laughs> to this idea of VHS and mm-hmm. then moving from VHS to DVD. Uh, a DVD, which is now ancient. Now they have podcasts. Podcasts, <laughs> yes. Podcasts that people can listen to in their cars. Maybe someday they'll add video to the podcast. Um, maybe in like two weeks. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's, it's a quick moving media, you know. We just keep making circles though, you know. That's right. Technology. Um, but it's, but it's becoming more accessible, you know, to do something on your phone mm-hmm. versus having to sit at your house and, and do that. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big deal. I know, um, we were on vacation last summer and, uh, our intern was preaching and I wanted to, you know, pay attention and, um, be a part of that experience for him. So, um, so we were sitting in traffic going out to the beach with our phone on worshiping in the car yeah. as we were riding to the beach. I mean, it was just, it was kind of an incredible family moment for us because we don't get to worship together very much. And, That's right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, uh, so to be in the car, to do that there in our bathing suits on the way out, I mean, it's a very accessible way to, 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 to connect and um i think we're we're also learning that what what people i don't want to say want to see but but what's important to people so it was really important for people and we've got a lot of requests for us to turn the camera around show people's faces who's there who's not there uh and so we we're doing some of that during the sharing of the peace and a few other places that we're able to kind of turn that camera around and let people see who's there and um and it just does people's hearts good to see their cousins or their oh, yeah. their friends or whoever that's there and so um, we did we did something where we actually um <laughs> it took some badgering people loved it once they had it done but um we asked them to share the piece in like a little short 10 second video and then they oh, sent it nice. to us and then when we encouraged folks to share the piece we would drop these videos in of members of the congregation sharing you know peace be with you from you know this family um, and it was such a big hit, and I wish there was still a way to do it. But now that we're worshiping in person, we don't have, you know, we don't have two minutes of dead space. Sure, where we just can say to the congregation, "Please just sit quietly." <laughs> yeah, don't actually share the piece. <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, but people really miss that. They really sure. miss that. They miss seeing their, they miss seeing the faces. And isn't it funny that some of the things that we kind of push back against? I mean, we hear a lot of people in our congregation say, well, "I don't like to share the piece." <laughs> you know, I don't want to go have to shake everybody's hand. Well, we're we're not shaking hands now, and you know, right, we haven't yeah. seen each other in yeah. a year, and I can't wait to share the peace. You know, it is. I can't wait, even if it's just the peace sign or or something. You know, you're just waving at people. I, it's those kind of things become so important to people's lives. Uh, it has really taught us. It has really taught us how much we need. Sure, to and be, and I'm and I'm sure in every congregation, people have the conversation all the time about should we have communion every Sunday? Should we not? And these mm-hmm. kind of things, and then when we went to not having communion. Uh, for such a, a, a long gap there, um, 
you know, people are starving for it. And and I don't want to say that's a good thing. I don't you shouldn't be starving for the for the body and blood of Christ. But but at the same time, I mean that yearning mm-hmm. is something we haven't felt in a long time, I think. So so bringing that along with us, those those old traditions um and how they're becoming new again, I think is going to be important. Um but then we're heading off into new territory of where people aren't coming to church. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, what does that mean for our congregations? Um, and I don't mean, when I said monetize earlier, I don't mean just looking at people as ways to get money in the door. But, like, how do you continue to to offer stewardship opportunities? How do you continue to put the needs of ministry and those kind of things in front of people? And how do you encourage that kind of giving when we may not have been set up for it at that time? I mean, what are, what is Incarnation doing as far as um, stewardship opportunities like that? Well, um, we've done kind of all the normal things that other churches have done. We've created, you know, QR codes for folks to scan and direct links that they can click on. Um, you know, we post it into the feed every Sunday just to make it super easy. Sure. We're at the offering time. Please <laughs> click the link. Um, but but really, now, do you do, do you announce that? No. At, okay. <laughs> now would be a good time to smash that like button and. That's right. Yeah. No, we don't send that money it. on in. Um, but it does appear in the comments section. You know, that yeah. When we get to that point, it it just magically pops up through the magic of my my husband paying attention to what's going on in church. Um, so we're doing that, but we're also starting to put projects in front of the church and saying we'd like to do this. Who would like? You know, would you be able to help us fund it? Sure. So we have concrete things that we're trying to do. Um, you know, our the. The sound in the sanctuary, for example, is very echoey. We have a very reverberant church. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've brought someone in, a specialist, to come in and look at the space and make some recommendations. Um, and when we have those recommendations, we're going to put it into a nice package and say to the church, this is this is what we'd like to do to make this a, a better worship experience. Um, you know, would you like to help us work toward that? Uh, the National Youth Gathering is next year. Yeah. We're going to put that in front of the congregation and say, this is important for the faith formation of our youth. Would you like to contribute to this? So it's it's partially finding things I think that that people really find value in or get excited about, and then saying, "Well, this is how we vision this for this this church and this space." You know, do you want to come along? Do you want to come help us do it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think we're moving more to that toward that way of giving instead of just you know give to the general fund, put it all in the pot, we'll figure out what to do. No, we're saying, well, this is what our vision is. Would you like to participate? We're building a backyard pavilion in the back of the church. Yeah, you know, nice. like a, a picnic shelter, um, and it's going to be used not only by the church, but Oktoberfest will use it. Our our scouting troops that we have that we host at the church will use it. We're going to open it up to the community um, for them to be able to use it, and so people get excited about that. It's it's a way to connect with the community. Great, we'd love to do it. Would you like to help us fund it? Sure, come along with that. So we're really trying to create a vision of, of where where we see these dollars going. What are they going to accomplish? How are we going to see the change in, in our life, in the life of the community, in our life together? Um, and so I think that's that's really what we're trying to do right now. Well, gosh, the first things that popped in my head when you say that is is the ability to then keep people or keep the church on track and on mission, mm-hmm. and then to create and draft the the very. Um, I don't know what the words. I mean, it's not just talking points. It's more than that, right? It's 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 this it's is who we are. Participatory. Yeah, vision. this is our mission, and this is this is how you engage in that. And and I think that's what we've lacked for so long in the church that we've just been this kind of wide open thing that that you just keep giving, and the leadership will keep kind of pointing us in the right direction. But but now we're having to articulate that to each and every person. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree, once we get going in that, that that becomes freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when it becomes self-perpetuating. Right. You know, as you see the results of what your you know, your work and your funds are doing, um, hopefully you get excited that you, you keep giving toward it. Right? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you keep funding it. Um, you want a great music program? Awesome. Let's do it. You know, yeah. let's let's participate. Let's give our time and our talents and our, our funds toward that. Well, and, and saying it that way, too, I, I've, I've kind of talked some, from the very beginning of this about the opportunity that COVID has kind of laid in the lap of our churches, right? That we get to kind of, this is our one chance to maybe wipe down mm-hmm. the slate and say, yeah, that's what we did. But as we come back, do we want to go all the way back to that? Or do yeah. we want to, to head Let's in new put direction? new wine and old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus <laughs> said something about that, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, so doing it on a, in a very intentional way then gives our congregations real, um, a chance to really rewrite and, and, and maybe not rewrite, but just go in new directions and bring back what we want to bring back and leave behind what we need to leave behind. And, um, yeah, I, and I think the temptation, or at least for us, I, I'm seeing in our council is, it's a push to get back to what we once were because that's kind of, it's familiar. It's what we knew. It's what we know. It's who we were. And, um, and kind of fight, fighting some of that in saying, no, let's, let's do this. Let's take this next step to, to move forward and not, but letting goes hard. Mm-hmm. Letting goes really hard. But, you know, change is the marker of life. Yes. Right? Movement is life. And so that's what I preached on. Movement is life pretty much. Nice. Uh, yesterday we were talking about um, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and how um, Philip allows the spirit to move him in a different direction. And this is what blossoms out of oh, it. Wow. This expansion of community into a place that had not yet heard the gospel. Um, you know, that if Philip had ignored it, we'd be missing a brother in Christ. Yes. Right? And so this idea that the Spirit of God is restless and is constantly moving and is dragging us along with it, you know, kicking and screaming sometimes, <laughs> right? Um, but that we have to be open to that movement, that we have to be willing to hear it and willing to listen and then willing to move ourselves, whether that's intellectually or emotionally or physically. Sure. Getting up and going. Um, I think this is the chance. This is a chance for the church to really listen, to really listen and hear and heed and move. Do you see? Do you see your people, uh, incarnations people, coming along with this? Uh, these ideas, or do you see the uh, a large fight to? No, hold I think on? they are. I think they are ready to do something different. That's awesome. I really do. Um, they have been going through a period of rebuilding. I think um, not just ideas, but people. Sure. And um, I, I really get the sense, and that's one of the reasons I took that call, is, yeah. is because you could tell that there was energy and there was a, a desire and a will to, to go and move and do something a little bit new. Right? Sure. Um, and they were asking me to help come do that with them. And it was such a hard decision. Um, but that idea that God is calling us to do something new, and are we going to listen to that call, or are we going to hunker down and do what we've always done? Um so I think they are ready. I think we've we're, we are still in that process of rebuilding and figuring out what's next. Um, but there's just a tremendous a tremendous amount of energy in that church, energy and just let's just do it. I, I keep saying, you know, how did y'all used to do this? Because you know, sometimes it's well, what did you do for confirmation or what did you do for this? And <laughs> the answer I mostly get is, well, does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> that's an incredible answer. Yeah, whatever you want to do, we'll do it. I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. Yeah, that right? takes guts, though, from a congregation I think to say it does. that. And there will still be people who say, Pastor, we've never done it that way. Sure, but sure. you're always going to have those people. But so. the, just the ability for a church to be that nimble and flexible says that there's real life 
that's still in that congregation. Mm-hmm. There's vibrancy there that we that's want right. to step out and do something new. And and you want those people who can tell you we've we've always done it this way because that's the history and tradition of the church. That's, Absolutely, that's what you have to know your own history to be able to go and do a new thing. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting when I get that answer. Well, we don't know, but really, whatever you want to do, yeah, we're game for. Yeah, does it matter? That <laughs> that is that's an awesome answer because. <laughs> I mean, to me, that that says we do realize that we're a new creation in Christ, then. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and what does that mean for us next? That's a good place to be. It really is. <laughs> it really is. It's a freeing place. Um, it's also an absolute nervous place too uh, to say, well, we don't know what. Yeah, we could really mess this up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah and we have before. That's right. And, and we it have was still okay. Yeah, yeah, and we're still here. So, so let's take one more step. Yeah. So what, in your mind, and I don't know if I have an answer to this, and you may not have either, so what does community look like in a year, in three years? Wow, I have no idea. Yeah, sure. I'm excited to see it, but I have no idea what it's yeah. going to look like. Um, I, I I do think that we're not going to take it for granted any longer. Yes. I do think this is one of those title events that the church looks back and, and says, wow, that was miserable. Yep. It is hard to be a part and let's not take for granted our ability to be together in the future. I, I really think that that's going to reshape not just how we are together, but where we put our, our emphasis on ministry, right? Um, this idea that we are made to be together. We are made to exist in community. The first thing Jesus does in his ministry is form a community. It's just so vital to us. And sure. I think this pandemic has really impressed upon us how much we need each other. Yeah. You know, I th- I think the idea of what we were talking about earlier, evangelism, mm-hmm. um, for the sake of evangelism, is a new thing that the church is really grasping hold of, um, of letting go of trying to just make sure there are members of saying, no, we just want them to be part of our our group, our family, That's right. our larger family. and um, Yeah, I mean, letting go of membership is such a huge step oh for the gosh. church. Oh, my gosh. It really is. I mean, it sounds <laughs> crazy. such a huge step. But—, but you know, I think what pandemic has shown us is that people, people from other churches engaged with us mm-hmm. online, and our members engaged with other people, other places, and they didn't leave, you know, to go take their ball and go somewhere else because, right. no, they, they just said, I like doing this here, and I like plugging in here, and I like doing this over here, and and um, and what a great thing. We also started a conversation. I think you and I were the ones that uh, were having this congrega- uh, conversation before you left. Was what if what if the church actually just moved to a place where we were concerned about people engaging their faith on a daily basis? Yeah, like, anywhere we don't yeah, care where yeah. or with who. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the fact that it's not just once a week on Sunday, but like on a Monday afternoon. That's you, right. You might actually engage your faith, you know, or <laughs> or you know, um, riding to work on a, a Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. just saying. What's God calling me to do today, or whatever have you? You know, and um, how radical of a concept that is from our old, our old ways of kind of doing things on Sunday. Um, again, I'm gonna go back to this book because I'm right in the middle of reading it, and that's just kind of what I do as I think solely about the one thing I'm reading at the <laughs> time. But, um, but the and I can't remember the author's name from uh, Canoeing the Mountains, but he he makes a point about what is the church's mission. And it's kind of he brings you back to this place of saying maybe it's more about going back to the very first church, mm-hmm. um, you know those house churches or the disciples gathering together around Pentecost. Maybe it's more about that of being sent out to be a blessing to the world. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually takes it all the way back at one point to Abraham and says, you know, what is that? What is that covenant that God is making with 
with Abraham. It's not to say you're going to be set apart and we're going to keep you hidden over here. <laughs> it's to say, no, I'm picking this family mm-hmm. that's going to continue to grow and go be a blessing to all nations. And, um, you know, so I'm blessing you to go be a blessing. Mm-hmm. And, gosh, I, it's sad to say in some ways, but how different of a church is that going to make us if we really truly believe that at some point that we're really we're not just set apart to go over here at 1000 b avenue and do our, our magic thing over yes here by yeah. ourselves. yes yeah. Yeah, the little thing over here by ourselves let's say these magic words and no it's to it's to cut these people loose to go be blessings to their community and then if incarnation does that and the other churches do that all of a sudden our circles are starting to overlap and I love overlapping circles. You yeah. know, this is like one of the, my passions is that I just, I wish all churches would overlap more. Oh my gosh. Um, because I really think we do a disservice to ourselves and our people when we each try and recreate the wheel every time. Well, and not every to go down time. that road, but we really tried. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when we're, but when we're able to shift our, our emphasis from, you know, our people on our Sunday doing our thing to suddenly... As you were saying earlier, you know, what does what does worship look like on a random Thursday afternoon? You know, when, when our focus becomes enabling those opportunities and seeking out anybody who can help us do that, not yep. just the people in our immediate sphere, then I think the the, the bounds of ministry suddenly disappear, right? Yep. It it becomes boundless. Which is I think what the point of that that reading from Acts was yesterday. Yes. That there are no bounds, that the gospel reaches out and over even to this you know, the, the the most foreign person they could think of in yes, this story, right. you know, this, right. this Ethiopian eunuch who serves in the court of the Candace. Um, it, it even reaches him, yeah. you know, and he has such a thirst for it. He says, well, what's to stop me from being baptized? Yeah. Well, nothing. That's well, the answer. And nothing. I'm, and I'm not going to understand this unless you come alongside. That's right. You know? Happens in community. Yep. Walk yeah. alongside me. Such a um, good reading. Well, I, I'll say this last, and, and we probably should have said this first so that nobody would have, you know, cut us off and think, you know, we're talking bad about them. I am extremely proud of our church and the church mm-hmm. um, for the continued adjustments to everything. But but I want to say specifically that all of these things we're talking about are not just you and I sitting in our offices planning out what's next for the church. Mm-hmm. It really has come from the ground up. I know here at Mount Tabor, uh, we've had several wonderful people step up and push us to take another step or to say, you know, we can do this, you know, cut us loose, let's go, and, yeah. and say, okay, all right, I'm going to step back and get out of the way a little bit sometimes. Uh, um, how have you seen some of that happen at Incarnation? I mean, you were talking about it earlier. Pastor, what do you want us to do? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. We're ready. Yeah, well, it's just been it's just been fun to, to sort of watch it unfold. I, generally, I say, how do we do this? And then the ideas just start popping up. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And I, I think, great, let's Let's go do it. Let's and then we it. just figure out we just figure out how it is that we're going to make it happen. Um, and so it's just been the flexibility and the, um, adaptability of the, of the people has just been it's just been inspiring and phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, grassroots stuff anyway is where I think um, I think the best stuff comes from because it's not us pulling the That's church right. down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it's us walking beside, you know, and, and for a whole nother podcast, the, the office of the pastor has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has changed about how we go about leading anyway. I mean, it's the whole reason for this podcast. How do we do this? And, um, and so to see this stuff come from the people themselves, there's where buy-in is. There's, this is where people are saying, this is, this is coming out of us. 
but more than that, right? It's coming out of the Spirit that's moving in those people. That's right. Uh, thanks be to God, the Spirit is not just coming through you and me. Well, and we've had that conversation. Yes. You know, someone comes up to us and says, I think we ought to do this. And our response is, great, find four other people and go do it. And cut right? it loose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, not, it's not our calling to enact every whim of the congregation. It's our calling to sort of help identify where the Spirit is moving and where it's gathering a, a, a node of people who will be empowered to go and do that. Um, and so it's, I think you're right. It's more of a come along than walk in front. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's, again, that comes back to community. Right? Well, and that's exciting. We're a horizontal community. Yep. We're, we are not vertical. Um, and so it's just, it's very exciting. You know, we started the podcast with, um, with Derek Dove and the Peacekeeper singing that same old song and dance. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to keep doing the same old song and dance. I'm not interested in it. I'm not. I'm but you not know inter- all the steps, Wade. I do know all the steps. <laughs> I'm not a great dancer, but I can get through it. Uh, but at the same time, what what is exciting is this new thing that God is doing and how God is involving, like you just said, every one of God's people. And even to the point, and I mean every church has the, the two or three that, that like to say, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. But you made a comment earlier. Those people that say, Pastor, we've always done it like that, they ground us in so much tradition, so much um, richness, and so much stableness. It's, it's so important to have every person come along with us. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about it so many times. There's one time you make the whole congregation happy, half when you get there and half when you leave. And, and so you never make the whole congregation happy. But But at the same time, they buy in and come along because the people beside them are buying in and coming along. And um, and so how important it is for us to not lead from the front always, but from the side or from the back or or just maybe get out of the way mm-hmm. yeah. and let people cut loose. So. Well, tell me what's, um, what's next for incarnation. Like in the next two or three months, you said Oktoberfest is coming up. Yeah, so Oktoberfest. Make your plug. I'm plug. I, don't, I don't have a plug. <laughs> I should have probably written one out and had it ready to go and polished in 30 seconds or less. But Oktoberfest is kind of our next big thing. We also are hosting summer concerts. Um, we have two concerts in July. Um, they're dedicatory uh, in some capacity because we have this brand new organ. Well, it's brand new to us. Let's yes. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it fits in our, our balcony as if God intended it to be there. Nice. And so we have this new sanctuary space, and so we are dedicating it in July with um, a series of concerts that are open to the public. And we're also hosting a um, a teaching master class for the local AGO, nice. American Guild yeah. Organist chapter. So that'll be a lot of that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we have that coming up, um, Oktoberfest, as I said, in the fall. And I'm forgetting something. I'm going to kick myself for it later. Oh, um, sorry. You'll be back. <laughs> I hope. Um, tell me service times and. Um, mm-hmm. So we worship at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yep. And that's kind of our one worship time. We've we've got such a large sanctuary, we're able to satisfactorily distance nice. um, in that space. So 10 a.m. on Sunday, and we live stream it on Facebook as well. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, Pastor Emily. Thank you. I want to say on behalf of Mount Tabor, we do miss you. Oh, I miss you all too. But we're so proud of you. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I know you're doing great things out there. So maybe our circles of churches can overlap pretty That's soon. Right. Hey, these. we've got this event coming up. We could use some volunteers. Absolutely. Free beer. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're talking. No, now you're talking. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank Thanks you for, for, me. for um, while this isn't going to be the first one aired, this is the first time we did this. And this has been great. 
been a lot of fun. So, all right, I'm going to see if I can turn this back on. Thanks for being here, and uh, until next time, see y'all. Same old story, same old song and tale.